podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It is Havus Hopus Lopus. All right. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352, Instagram at Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Why aren't you subscribed? Give us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. And if you want to help the podcast out monetarily, remember that we do have a Patreon. The link is in the description. And you can click that. Donate some money to us. Hopefully sign up for September. You get the back catalog of everything that we've done for almost two years now, which is probably somewhere near 70, 80 extra podcasts um, that aren't football-related. So they're kind of evergreen in that sense. Go check that out. We're doing some football manager stuff. We're going to start doing some FIFA stuff once the new systems come out. So check that out no, on no, Patreon. No, no, not like for sure. That's what I'm really looking forward to is our football manager stuff. Me and you co-managing co- co- a team to treble victory. Awkward with <laughs> victory. All right. Normally I say, ah, we could start here. We could start there. But, you know, Messi wants out. Messi wants to leave Barcelona. Now, why do I get the feeling this is him retiring from Argentina again? Just to kind of get his way, and then he comes back. Do you know why it's different? I'll tell you why, why is it different, different, my friend? And this, this is what people need to understand. There is a massive difference between the club game and the international game. Internationals is about hearts, loyalty, passion, and your connection to your culture, i.e. your country. Club football, it's, a, it's about being a mercenary. Don't give me any of that loyalty crap. Like, Pele said it best. Pele said that... Club football, you're 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 kissing the badge of a jersey one season. Next season, you're kissing the badge of an, of, of another team as well. You know, and there's a reference to that that's Meridian really makes reference to in all or nothing. But it's like you have to understand what club football is. It's the loyalty you can I can count on one hand the amount of major stars who stayed at the club for the entirety of their career fully. Totti, Gerard, I think Can Maldini. Uh, even John Terry went on loan. So. Yeah, Lam Lam went on loan apparently. Ger- Gerard never went on loan. I don't think he ever went on loan. Didn't he play in MLS? Who am I thinking? There we go. He played. At, uh, yeah, did he play at MLS? I think he did. Oh my god! So so no. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, yeah. LA Galaxy. Out. He played at LA Galaxy for one yeah. season. So 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 Gerard has 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 to has to get out. It's basically wow. it's a it's a very rare thing. It's extreme. Because no, because what it is is that club football is about business, transfer, moving teams. That's just the, the culture of it. And when you're a major kind of guy, teams want you. And it is very hard to remain and stay. Like even before he, Eli Galaxy, Gerard could have moved to any of these big clubs. Early 2000s, Totti was hands down the best number 10 in the world. Especially after Euro 2000, he was easily the best number 10 in the world. So he could have moved anywhere. So it was a big, tough decision for him to say, now nah, I'm going to stay at Roma and not move to Istanbul and not move to Real Madrid, which he could easily have done in that 2002 period. The point is, Messi staying at Barcelona for a long time, especially considering he's not from Spain and he's not from Barcelona, and he's an export or an import, rather, from, from Argentina. And that argument isn't that strong because... Of course it is. No, no, it's not. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because of how long he's been in Spain. I'm gonna, for... I'm, I'm, no, but I'm going to kill you right now. Because your whole argument has been he's going to stay at Barcelona until he's old, and then he's going to do what? 
go back to no no he's gonna go back to Newell's old boys in Argentina. That's always been your argument. Yeah. So 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 in your mind, he was never going to be a a one club man because Argentina was always on the cards for him in your mind anyway. No, 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 no. What I always said was two choices. For me, I felt that if I had to choose between he retires at Barcelona or goes back to Rosario, he retire at at Barcelona. But there's always a chance where okay, maybe I'll just go and do the whole Rosario thing. But most people felt he's going to retire at Barcelona based on just how he's been here literally all throughout. All throughout when he's actually been a player, he's been at this club. Do we think this is something he wants to do or is this something that's been forced upon him? Meaning consequences of decisions that have happened in the past have kind of forced his hand into playing in, in into playing this kind of get out of jail card, essentially? Or is this something that he's just kind of like what happened with Cristiano Ronaldo where he won the Champions League, sorry. He won his fifth or sixth, whichever one it was. And uh, he was just like, you know what? This is enough. I'm going to go and I'm going to start a new adventure. I kind of get the feeling that if Messi had won the uh, had won Barcelona the Champions League, he might have been like, this is just something that I've always wanted to do. Like, this was the end of the line. The fact that it happened with 8-2, I guess people are reading into it that, yo, you lost so much or so badly, rather, that now you just want to leave. But I wonder if this is something that was, he's he's always been thinking about. Like, 2020 was going to be my last year at Barcelona. I believe that this was very much dependent on let's see how this season goes. Mm-hmm. And all throughout, because I think what Messi wanted was how many, at, at the very least, let me win one more Champions League before I retire. At the very least. Or if I can do two or three, great. But at the very least, let me um, win one more. I believe that if they had won the Champions League this year, he would have been like, you know what? Yeah, let me just spend last few years here do do my thing and everything. But this is very much a thing of brand and his personal brand. Hence why this isn't about Bartomeu or so forth. Messi is weighing has weighed up both things. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you say years ago it was about I'm the Barcelona man and the Barcelona man, Barcelona, 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 and I care about Barcelona and so much, and I even probably am more in so Barcelona than I am with Argentina, just based on just how my closeness to this club. But I think as he has been doing these crazy things, breaking these records, doing all this stuff, he's seen how big his brand is. And he's saying to himself that it is harming my 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 brand, me being knocked out by Roma, by Liverpool, by Bayern Munich. And he's seeing the, the, the team and so forth saying, I don't know about this, but this and this is the crux. This is the sense of everything. And this this is what I believe is just at the nucleus. The meeting with Kuman. I believe Coman said to Messi, I'm going to be straight with you. I cannot build you a team to win the Champions League next season or the season after. I am here for a rebuilding process that will include maybe the Pai, Wijnaldum, and some other dudes. You have to accept that this team will not be able to compete with Bayern Munich, PSG, Liverpool, or Man City next season. And Messi was like, okay, cool. I respect that. I don't have two or three years to wait for a rebuilding process. I can't be part of a rebuilding process because I still believe that I am still at the heights of my powers, that I'm still good enough to lead it into a, to a Champions League. So let's be, and what's why Man City comes into it. I need to be part of a team that is almost ready or is in a good shape to win the Champions League. And I'm just like the icing on the cake to take them over the line. So there's only so, two clubs that. 
can afford him and are like that. Yeah. And so, one of them just so happened to have his manager from when he won Champions League. So yeah. So my thing is that people say, oh my gosh, if Bartomeu steps down, then okay, let's say Bartomeu steps down and Font, who is like the, the challenger, goes into the presidency. You can't fix anything from that. Yeah. In, in instantly anyway. Okay, okay, who are you going to buy in this market, this pandemic that can make you compete? The issue isn't the president. The, the, the damage has already been done. The issue is you cannot create a team with the right personnel to challenge Bayern Munich, Juventus, Man City, or Liverpool next season. You just don't have it. Yeah. And that's like, I have already broken my back for years trying to push the thing forward. And I realized that I just can't do it. I need to go to a team where there are other superstars that aren't solely reliant on me. Because my main thing is not just start party. His main aim is I want to at least win one Champions League before I retire. That can't happen in his Barcelona side because I believe Kuman said to him that this is a rebuild. I'm here to rebuild. I'm not here to promise you a Champions League. I'm here, to, which is similar to what he was doing with the ne- Netherlands. Rebuild from all of the failures that they've had in the previous years. And he was doing very well. So similar to, to the stuff here, he's here to let Barcelona refine themselves, know what they're about, get back to the core, but it's a process. Messi's like, I'm 33. I can't be part of a process. Okay, so unsurprisingly, we got a bunch of questions about Messi, so let's just ask these in conjunction with our conversation. So Shaksham Gupta asks, is Messi really a good boy that the whole world and media makes him out to be? Question mark. What do you mean by a good boy? I don't know. I, I wonder, like, is the... Is the representation well because Messi's always been opposed with Cristiano, who seem who's seemingly arrogant and the more abrasive of the two, and that's the juxtaposition that we're given. It makes Messi seem as if he's the nice guy, and I think that's maybe what attracts a lot of people to him, given that Cristiano was the antithesis of him as as far as how they're marketed. So it makes Messi come off as like the good guy or the nice guy or the guy that you, uh, if your daughter brought him home, you'd rather him than if she brought home Christian, like that kind of whole thing. Like he just seems like the nice one. But is that a fallacy? No, for me, I've always seen things from Messi that says "Eh, how he's portrayed isn't how he truly is. And I just think that, you know, you see, because Messi doesn't say a lot. Or what you just see of Messi is... He knows and understands his brand. And he's only human. You know, when you are as good as you are and people praise you the way that they do to almost Jesus-like levels, a level of arrogance comes with that. That's just being human. That's just natural. So, And I think with what is happening now, even if Messi said, okay, Bram, I want us to be amicable and so forth, Messi's like, I am, I am bigger than Barcelona. Because what you're seeing is Messi knows that the fans are going to ride with him through thick and thin. And Messi knows that, look, bro, if if it's between if it's between that club, Barcelona, and me, they will choose me because I am Messi. You know, I am, I am a cult-like figure in football. So the whole nice guy thing, I don't know Messi personally. So so I can only go from the outside in. I'm not going to come out and say, oh my gosh, Messi is this arrogant, terrible thingy person. But he's he's not this super sweet, nice sweetheart. No. He's just not. He's just human who has an attitude and a character. So obviously he tries to be courteous as, 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 as much as he can be. But obviously when someone pushes him and everything, he can be aggressive as he has been in some Copa America games when he's been sent off and so forth. But with regards to what is happening 
in this scenario, I don't think anybody is being wrong here. That's the thing. No one, no one is in the wrong here. Barcelona are a business, and you fight with all your might to keep your most prized assets. Messi is, I want to do the best thing for me. I cannot be chained down to any club because it's a club for football. And if I can, whatever I can do, let me. I can force myself out to, to move to w- w- whatever club I, I want to be if I so see fit. Hence, this is club football. So the crazy thing is people saying, like, like, like that guy who sent the question, oh my gosh, does it show that Messi is a prick? How? <laughs> or does it show that Barcelona, have, wait, why don't Barcelona want to allow Messi to, to leave after all Messi has done done for them? What? Huh? No. They're both in the right, and it's about who wins out. Simple. But they are both in the right in their fight. They're both in the right. You see, I, and maybe this is just my own personal thing. I'm always on the sides of the labor. So Messi, for me, should have the right to go where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Just from a business sense, it Messi's leaving Barcelona. The, the, the moment that his team press send on whatever request... He's he's he wants to leave now. Maybe he understands that they can hold you for another year. But once Barcelona know that Messi's gone, it's in their best interest as a business to make sure that they get something from him before he leaves for free. If anything, he's done them a sort of a favor by telling them, I want to leave. So get what you can get from me now and then work with me. But the problem is Barcelona are such in a mess. And Messi's really the only thing of substance it feels like they have because you can't really Griezmann isn't it Usman Dembele isn't it Coutinho's out on loan uh kind of I, I guess you have Frankie de Young and Ansu Fati and like the little kids that are not little kids but the young men that are there um maybe you have uh you know the aging bones of Busquets and Alaba like there's nothing at that club really of substance except for Messi and season after season he's been the thing that's carried them as far as he can take them you know, you know, something just clicked on me. Sorry, you just you just opened up something in my mind that I didn't even think of. Okay, because you just you talked about how Messi is trying to give Barcelona a good amicable way, where they actually get some money for him and so forth. So, my, see, my thing is, Messi, I think, is a very emotional player. When he doesn't feel like it, you can see it on on the on the on the pitch. So, if there's a scenario where they force him to stay. That'll be far more detrimental to Barcelona, and you can see some very ugly scenes because we've not even talked about the Ronald Kuman angle. Because if you're Kuman, please sell this dude. <laughs> because I don't want to have to deal with a guy with the magnitude of Messi and what he brings coming into a dressing room knowing that he wants to leave. It destroys the whole balance of the dressing room, and it also demeans my power mm. as a manager. And a leader for this dressing room. So do, do, you know, it's really interesting. Don't, for, don't uh, forget your point, but just to add on to it, you know, what's really interesting is watching the whole um, all or nothing Mourinho documentary, and they're they're asking the press were insistent on asking him questions about so what's going to happen with Vertonghen, what's going to happen with Alderweireld, what's going to happen with Eriksson. Could you imagine being Coleman with Spanish media, which is almost as bad, maybe even worse? It's worse than English media. Oh no, it's not. It's the, not the the, the questions. Where's Messi? What's happening with Messi? Just remove this from my plate, would you? Like, just can we get the decision before I have to go in front of these guys no, no, 24-7 no, no. and answer these questions? It's just that they, they obviously would not listen to him and everything. But if you're Kuman, like if I was Kuman, I'd be like, guys, let's do this swap deal. 
money plus players. Mm. Because I'm telling you right now, you want 600 or We don't live in, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a perfect world. You're probably not going to get the 600 or 700. But if it's a 100 or 150 plus Jesus, Bernardo Silva, another player, plus the Ous, Griezmann, and, and so forth, bro, that already helps Kuman in the transfer markets where I can already get I can get these players for free, having not having to find them because it's going to be far more problematic, Messi remaining with this team than not. Because you have to realize that something they had they had a meeting. That, that, that's a fact. And after that meeting, Messi decided that I have to go. So obviously they don't see eye to eye. So for Kuman, he is saying that, bro. If this dude, after a meeting, decided that he wanted to leave, I'm calling this on this dude. Hence why they, they took training and everything without him. Kuman is already planning for life without Messi. And he's saying, guys, just sort this stuff out. Now, for Barcelona, you have to realize that as important as, as Messi is, the club must always mean more. And if you're Barcelona, you must always side with the manager you brought in rather than the superstar who wants out. <laughs> But, but but what if the club understand that Messi is the club? That the club has been Messi for so long that if you remove this piece from it, we have no idea what's going to happen. You 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 will fail. Be, because Man United still survived after Cristiano. For, for Barcelona, you have to act in the best interests for your club, the club Barcelona. 100%, yes, Messi has defined the club for the last decade. I was even doing this before, that football is 60 to 70% mental, 30% physical. If you're mentally not in there, you're not going to get the results. So, okay, fine. You've, you've kept Messi, but he starts walking around the pitch. He gives 50% of an, of an effort. Okay, he scores one amazing free kick one game. Other games, is like, oh, I'm not bothered because his mind is so removed from this club and he's like, I'm just being forced here. It could look really ugly. So, what's the point in keeping Messi if you're not going to get Messi on the on the on the pitch, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And you're just going to just mess up the whole dynamics of the dressing room and of the club and so forth because they're, they're trying to get rid of Cannibal Suarez, who is Messi's best friend. One hundred percent, you deserve to get something for Messi. What that is is up in dispute, but no, you, look, you, you you deserve to have something. I need you to, to Daniel. I need you to help me out here. I'll try. How the hell do you not ensure there is always a release clause for your star player? That should be the first thing that you that, that, that you do when you sign a contract. That, bro, before you even look at the contracts, this is your release clause. Lawyer, shut up. What is the release clause of Messi? What's the release clause of Neymar? What's the release clause of Chris Christian? What's the release clause of Neuer, of Lewandowski? So what's the scenario? There's a release clause. Bro, it's what I always do in football manager. In football manager, I'm like, my star player, I go to that contract stop, release clause is one billion. So on a rainy dark day or something, this is this is what you will have to pay to get this, this player from him because his player is vital. So how is there a scenario? How was there a contract where this guy could potentially leave for free? That's crazy. Um, I'll answer that one first, and then I'll go back to where I was. <laughs> If you want the player to sign the contracts, you have to give him an incentive. And sometimes those incentives go against what you would want. So, for instance, in the NBA, they have these things called no-trade clauses. So LeBron has a no-trade clause in his contract. Kobe famously had a no-trade clause in his contract. I think there was a situation 
where the Lakers wanted to trade Kobe Bryant after like one of those bad seasons to the Chicago Bulls. But Kobe was like, you can't trade me unless I want to go. And there's nothing LA could have done about that because in order to for him to play for the Lakers, his contract had that clause in there. And it's like, well, we'll if, if it comes to that, we'll deal with that once it comes here. But hopefully it won't reach it. And I think that's what Messi's after every season, when it gets to June 30th, you can leave for free or you can just leave the club. It will never get there in Bartomeu's mind. It, that's just something that it's there as a break glass in case of emergency, but there will never be an emergency so grave that that will even need to come into play. So we'll give it to them and we'll get the player for however long the contract says. Because he does have a release clause. It's 700 million or whatever it is, 700 million euros. But that clause in his contract is just there, I guess, just as a security for the player that I'm I'm always within my right to rip this up if I want to. Like, you can't send me or make me do anything I don't want to do. It just so happens this coincides with COVID-19 and, you know, the whole June 30th end of season debate. We don't have the language of the contract with us, so we can't know exactly what it says, um, which seems quite important. Obviously, La Liga is going to say what it says because you can't lose Neymar 2017, Ronaldo 2018, Messi 2020, three of the top four or five players in the world leave your league. Obviously, you're going to side with whatever situation keeps Messi at the club. So that's that. But I want to go back to something that you said. Messi isn't like Cristiano at United or anything like that. Messi is a Wenger character. Messi is a Ferguson character. Okay. I think he means that much to the club. He's it's it's not like he's a player. I don't I, I don't I don't know if I have a word for it, but his influence on the club is that of somebody with huge status. So when you remove a Alex Ferguson from a Manchester United, you see Moyes era, Van Hal era, Mourinho era. Yeah, it hasn't been bad, but it's never gotten anywhere close to what Sir Alex was. You remove Wenger or at least Wenger stays too long at Arsenal. You remove him and then you go into the whole Emery thing. Arteta looks like he's on a uh, on a path to somewhere. But Messi, if you remove Messi from Barcelona, you're looking at Emery Arsenal or David Moyes. You know, I think that's a better analogy or a better characterization of what he means to that club, which makes me go back. Do you remember when we um we were talking about Arsene Wenger leaving 2016, mm-hmm. 2017? And one of the arguments that I made was these owners, the Cronkies, they've never had to pick a manager before. They've never had to do it. They signed a club, uh, or they bought a club, rather, with a manager who just always got top four. We give them Shamak, We give them uh, just Arshavin, and we just give him all of these players, Theo Walcott, etc. He'll get us top four. Amazing. So you just keep going back to the well, and you keep getting water from it, and you keep getting water from it, and you keep getting water from it. But eventually, Wenger's powers ran dry. And now you have a, a management or, or, or an ownership who is just like, what do we do? We bought this club. We're Americans. All we know is basketball, football. Maybe even that is debatable, depending on if, uh, if you ask the fans of the clubs that they own. Um, but we've, we've never had to hire a manager before. What do they do? They go out and hire Emery. Disaster. Maybe Bartomeu is kind of in that same place where we've tried Dembele. That didn't work. We tried Coutinho. That didn't work. We tried Griezmann. That hasn't worked. Everything they've shown us is that even when you do have Messi, you can't do anything. It's all on him. So if he leaves, I'm even more exposed because 
I've never done this before, it seems. So who well, who was their president with Pep? Wasn't it, is it Sandro Rossell? Because yeah, I'm pretty sure Rossell. this guy's new. And the, maybe the only success he had was with MSN, if I have the calendars right. You see, this is this is a point I even wanted to make to counter yours. Kuman ain't David Moyes or Emery. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the impact of Messi leaving would be such an impact as Sir Alex leaving no. Manchester United. No, I disagree. It's different. Player and manager, it's 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 different. Because Ferguson, specifically, even Ferguson manager, see a manager is the guy that over that oversees everything. He's he has his hands and everything. He sees the blueprints. The player, as whoever however good the player is, the player is just one piece. The manager sees the entire building. So the impact a manager has, mm-hmm. especially someone like an Alex Ferguson, mm-hmm. I think is far more profound than a Messi. Mm-hmm. Okay, See, so my thing about this is that... Who do you give credit for the 2014-15 treble? MSN. Those are the players. They're not the manager. So how come Luis Enrique in your books doesn't get a bunch of credit for that treble? But what did I say? I said MSN. The players. Players. Not player. Players. Who's the main guy? It there was wasn't, wasn't the, Of there, course there was a main that's guy. It's called MSN. Yeah, and what the, the the first letter? What's the first initial? Oh, give me a break! <laughs> <laughs> I no, just but, like, well, well, okay, MSN sounds sexier than what's S N M O N. I know. I, I'm playing. I'm playing because then I thought, well, BBC Cristiano's the last initial. He yeah, been the yeah. So, but I'm no, just no, saying, see, like, you you can't have it both ways. Just you specifically, Double H. You can't tell me that the manager's very important, or even over a, a player like Messi. But then whenever the conversation has been broached about Luis Enrique's trouble, it's like, ah, he had the greatest front three of all time. He didn't really do that much. No, which no, which but, one is it? No, no, no. But but let's stay on topic. You are saying <laughs> I'm Messi fully leaving. on topic. I'm fully on topic. No, no, no. But, but you're saying that Messi leaving would be the same impact as Fergie leaving. No, 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 saying, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, well, yeah, I guess I am saying that. But not as a manager. I'm just saying that level of influence over a club. I think Messi is at that place. No, oh no, no. For me, put it this way: one thousand percent. Of course, they're going to feel the effects because the goals and assists that he provides every season is profound, is huge. But with the right manager, with the players on the spot of the manager, they they could be much more of an enhancement. Because see, this is about football psychology. With Messi there, Griezmann knows that, all right, I defer to him. So whenever you look at Barcelona play, those players are like, okay, give the ball to, to Messi. As in, give the ball to Messi. Once you now take Messi, Griezmann is now much more important. The Ous is much more Because just li- little things, whenever I watch Barcelona play, you could see how frustrated Messi would be every time Dembele lost the ball. So Dembele now felt the pressure, like, oh my gosh, I've got to like keep hold of the ball because that's what this whole messy thing is about. But once you're not taking Messi out of it, Dembele, you're not free to express yourself. Griezmann, you're not free to express yourself. You now be, become more. So the, those players who we know are talented actually become better without living in the shadow of Messi and having so to this is to the, This is Ewing theory. You're, you're reading out of Bill Simmons' book. So this is the theory in the 1990s or whenever Patrick Ewing didn't play for the Knicks, the likes of uh, John Starks and Allen Houston and Latrell Spreetwell and all of those guys, they played way better mm-hmm. because they didn't have the towering figure that was Patrick Ewing, the leader, over their heads. So they just played better. So this is called Ewing theory. Okay. I think 
Carl's referenced this a bunch. Maybe even do you remember when Spurs were playing well without Harry Kane? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We we talked about it there. That was a Ewing theory where you get rid of Harry Kane, Son plays better, Moore plays better, Ali plays better, etc. You're kind of making that same argument for Barcelona that if you remove Messi, it then gives Griezmann, Dembele, etc. the platform to just be, become themselves and just have a, a feeling of autonomy over the situation. Oh, yeah, Whereas but... when Messi's there, they just defer. And that is the issue, is that as a player, see, whenever you're in a team, you know who the star player is. And when you're on the pitch, you will always feel you need to give it to the star player, especially one as unique as Messi, when you know the kinds of things that he can do. Mm-hmm. And when Messi knows how important he is by bro, I have the ball and I can take the ball wherever the heck I want. So it is just what it is. Hence why, for me personally, I think I will be so excited to see what Barcelona will look like without me Messi. Me too. Which is why I've hated the whole messy Cristiano thing because I hate routine. Hence why I despised school. I hate routine. I hate the same thing again and again and again. So I always want to see stuff that that is new. And I think, oh, Messi in a different team, that's exciting. Barcelona without Messi, that's exciting. That's That would be really good to see. So I hope that this does happen. And which is why I say, look, 100%, I get what you're saying. It is gonna, It is going to feel weird. It is going to feel weird. Because not only has he been at this club for over a decade, it is what he's been to this club, how good he's been and how he's helped define it in terms of his ridiculous outputs, the likes that we've never seen from a club player before ever in terms of goals and assists. We've never seen them before from an offensive player. So they will feel the hits. But at the end of the day, people thought Real Madrid would um, go to hell after Cristiano. Two years, they win La Liga. Now, now, this is something interesting that I don't know if I've heard anybody talk about, but it could be important. I don't know how important it is, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Now, my thing is, as I've said earlier in the podcast, I think La Liga and Bartomeu don't want to get rid of Messi because they understand what he means for the club, mm. and they won't know what to do afterwards. Now, maybe Komen being there will help them, but that's where I stand with it. But I think this is something fairly important. If they don't let Messi leave and they sour or they just put throw salt on the ground, basically, and his exit isn't amicable, but it's something that gets nasty, prolonged. If lawyers get involved, who knows what happens there? Is that worth it to Barcelona in the long run to not have a relationship with Messi? I would think Messi might want to leave, go do his own thing. You'll obviously have like uh, fans who are emotional in the moment and just reactionary and be like, ah, oh, Messi, man, F that guy. We don't want him at the club anyway. You want to grateful this and that. We brought you from being uh, HGH and we made you what you mm. are. Like you're always going to get that reaction from just fans who just, they love him so much that the hate is going to be equal to it. To, uh, to their love in some ways. But it's the idea that in three, four years' time, when he's 37, 38 years old, and he's not playing football anymore, Messi having a relationship with Barcelona is very important, at least the way I see things, because Messi's brand doesn't end when he stops playing football. The, the way that people love Messi keeps going. So if you're Barcelona and you make it to where Messi has wants nothing to do with you, to me, that's dangerous. It's like... um. You ever see Ashley Cole? <laughs> it's like Arsenal did a lot for you, but the way that they made him leave, he's like full Chelsea now. Even he was on the Invincibles team. He has hella FA Cups. I think he has a league or two um, with Arsenal, but he's a Chelsea guy. Why? Because the way that Arsenal made him leave and the way that they treated him, he fell away by it. Mm. So they should have just let him go, but they didn't. They like prolonged it. So I'm looking at I'm thinking, 
is it in Barcelona's best interest to make this nasty? This is arguably the biggest brand in sports. You have Jordan, you have Ronaldo, you have LeBron, Muhammad Ali, suppose it. Messi's like top five. He's in there. Mm-hmm. You want a connection to that after he's done. The way that you know Jordan has his brand, I, I look at it almost like Jordan has no connection to the Bulls. He, he wanted some power with the club, but they wouldn't give it to him. So he went to Washington. Now he's with Charlotte. Chicago must look at that and think, you are our guy. You did everything here. You were the most important guy in the city. But he has really no relationship, it seems, on the outside with Chicago, which is a shame. It's like a travesty. He should be owning the Bulls or have a stake in the Bulls. But instead, mm. he's in Charlotte or he was in Washington. Imagine Messi goes to Manchester City and then to New York City FC, and you find him more along uh, the city sports group or something like that, rather than no, being no, no, no. It's the, it's the, the same exact like, thing that happened with Vieira, right? Because because Vieira became like I think he be- yeah he was coach of the youth team at Man City. I say wait a minute, how the heck is Vieira not like a main man at Arsenal, the captain of the Invincibles? All he did, but Arsenal just didn't ingratiate themselves to him, and then. City was like, how the heck is Vieira coaching Man City? You it does it. It just it for, for me. I don't think the long term risk pans out for Barcelona if they make this nasty and they make him go to court. It has to go to the court for arbitration of sport, and they make which him sit. He's, he's already not going to training. He doesn't want to take the COVID nineteen no, no. test. The, the meeting on Wednesday is very key because they're, I think they're not playing chess, Double H. No, no, no. Basically, no. Basically, no, basically the, the, the way the meeting on Wednesday is key because that is where his father's going to meet, um, and Messi's father's going to meet um, Bartomeu. Because I think what I don't what hasn't happened, which I find crazy, is there hasn't been a face to face meeting. Once there's a face to face meeting, and Messi says to them directly, "I want to leave," <laughs> then Barcelona are like, "Guy." So when you have the conversation, it's like, "No, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave." Then it goes, okay, okay, it is what it is. So if you want to leave, all right, boom, we, we, we can we somehow convince him to stay? No, you can't. All right, we accept this. You've said this to us face to face, not through tweets or thingy, not through hearsay, it's face to face. Okay, let's work out a deal that gives both of us what we want. You leave, we get something back f- for you. So I just think the issue is there hasn't been that face to face talk. And you see, in my mind, I don't know whether this is like a lawyer thing because see, people are saying, "Well, gosh, like, is Messi being a prick or is he showing a lack of good character, not showing up to train, not showing up to this testing?" But maybe his lawyers have told him that, "Bro, don't show up to any of this stuff because this strengthens your case contractually that you're not a Barcelona player anymore. Because if you do show up, that means it gives the strength for Barcelona to try to keep hold of you contractually." Mm. So, you know. Um, because again, I said again that's okay, Messi, make a statement. But again, maybe his lawyer said, hmm, don't, don't make. So maybe he's, because I find it weird that, bro, if you make his full statements in public, wh- however you want to, fully saying what you're about, then okay. But maybe his lawyers have said to him, no, boom, 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 this is how you should proceed. Don't make any statements, don't make any stuff like that. This is how you should proceed. Boom. So, um, you see, I, I would think if this was fake, he would come out and say, 
Nah, the media's messing up. Oh, of course. Um, oh, of course. It's not fake. Of course, um, it's not fake. Yeah. No. I'm with no. Barcelona. We're going to do Which is what he did last time. Like, exactly. Last time exactly. when there was that leak, he came out on Instagram and said, This is fake. Right. So it, the fact that there's been nothing means that this is real. Yeah. And I guess he'd probably just want to leave it there until it's all resolved. And maybe what he's trying not to do is come out and emphatically say from his own mouth, I want to leave Barcelona. Just let everything happen with lawyers and agents and whatnot. Because at the end of the day, he he understands what I'm thinking in that you don't want to burn the bridge with Barcelona fans, a place that you've spent <laughs> so, 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 so many years of your life. If you come out and say with your mouth, then they hear it and see it. I want to leave Barcelona. That does something different than just reading it on Twitter. Do you know what's going to happen on Tuesday? I bet on Tuesday, Messi says, ah, guys, now nah, this is all a joke, man. I'm actually staying. So this will render this entire podcast totally useless. Because that's what always happens on, on Tuesday. Okay. Wednesday. Now, this is something interesting that I want to get into. <laughs> Suppose he goes to Man City, okay? Yeah. Suppose Pep and Messi team up. <laughs> <laughs> And they and 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 they get knocked out by Rosenberg in the quarterfinals. What happens if they lose? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, lose what precisely? Lose what? The Champions League. If basically, if they don't win a Champions League in the next two years, is that saying, man, Messi was thirty-three, he's over the hill? Maybe we're expecting too much, or is it you guys got to quarterfinal? Messi's good enough at, at least for the next year or two. To get you guys into a semi-final final, I, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking ahead. I'm just thinking like, what does this do to both of their legacies if they team up and they don't win the Champions League? I think it will be more harmful for Pep's legacy than Messi's. The whole narrative has look. Messi has done what Messi has done. I mean, I don't put him as the goat, but I definitely put him as one of the best club players of all time. So it would do more harm to Pep's legacy than Messi's because the whole narrative for Pep is, oh, bro, my. You can't win without Messi. Hence, you can't even get to a final without Messi. So if it's a case of where you you, you, you get Messi, you have, finally have Messi in your team, and you still can't win a Champions League, bro, bro. It's almost, it's like a lose-lose situation for Pep. If he wins, hey, you have, you have Messi, and, and flipping all the money for Man City, you should win. If you lose, so it's a lose-lose for him, bro. Okay, if you could pick the club... I'm taking Chelsea off the table because I don't want you to go homerism. What club would you want to see? Would you would you prefer to see him stay? See what he does with Coleman and company. Like if you no, could no. pick, if you could pick one club in the world, Chelsea's not on the table. Where do you want him to go? Inter. For me, I think that Antonio Conte. No, no, yeah, no. Because I actually no. Let me okay. Let me let let me cheat. Let me say two. I would first. I'd say Inter Milan because. I would. Um, it's been a while since Inter has said what's up. I think it'll be interesting to see what Messi will do in that Conte partnership, and and I, I'd want to see what how Messi and Lukaku would sort of interact. And also, it would it would make this area ex- exciting once again because you you have 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 Cristiano, Inter half thingy, and those Inter Juve games. So basically, it will return Syria back to prominence. Another thing as well, you say money is not an option, Dortmund. So he goes to Dortmund. <laughs> so now Bayern, you now generally have more of a threat, and those games now mean even more. And again, now now make the Bundesliga a really really exciting league now. If if you saw Messi there at Dortmund, so um, so just basically, so you wouldn't want to see him go to PSG. 
No, no. You wouldn't want to see him. So City, you don't really. If it's 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 not bad, but it's not the best. I I understand the Man City move, but I'm like, uh, I mean, because you're, you're reuniting with Pep again. I mean, uh, this is just this is Champions League dependent. Because if this happened, it would just ruin the league that I'm mentioning. But I want to see Juventus, man. I, I, if 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 money were no object, just put them together. Just have their own club. Y'all do what y'all do for the next three years. Everybody else can be everybody else. All the focus can be on Juventus. <laughs> so just put put them together and just see what happens. Let's see what they do together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I would pick Juve. But, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, but obviously they can't afford. That's 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 cheesy. That's really cheesy. Bro. That would be great. Imagine if they didn't win the Champions League. Imagine if they got to like a semi final and they got knocked <laughs> out by Bayern. You can, can imagine the post match views. <laughs> <laughs> if they got knocked out like four two, yo, you had Messi and Ronaldo, and you couldn't get it done. This is why they're losers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean. I think they would actually be slightly com- complementary pieces as well. So, yeah, you know, one one is the creator, one is the finisher. You know, and Buffon would get his CL if they did it. Oh, for, look, look, <laughs> please don't bring that guy up, no, please. Um, all right, let's see. What other questions do we get? Do we get anything else on Messi that we could for Red Devilology? What do you guys make of the reports of Braithwaite? Asking for the number 10 shirt should Messi leave. Daniel, let me level level with you. I don't know whether you saw the show I did on Sunday. Oh, no, I missed it. I missed it. I think for about five minutes, I was literally in, in tears laughing. Can you imagine the scenario where Braithwaite enters like Bartomeu's office and is like, hey, yo, man, you know, this whole Messi thing, you know, what, what up? Bra, you know, we're just trying to keep the, the dude. Okay, okay. So how's that? So 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 he's gonna leave? Nah, nah, he's not gonna leave. He was staying. I know, but if he leaves, bro, Martin, he ain't leaving. I know, but if he leaves, <laughs> can I have that number ten jersey? <laughs> Do you know that literally Batman will will literally throw him out the window? Like that's that is so rude. It is so disres- disrespectful. It's so crazy that only in twenty twenty could Martin Braithwaite say that I would like the number 10 jersey if Messi leaves. So basically, my thing is that, given the number 10 jersey, let me see him with the captain's amber and let me see him at the at the coin toss for the first game of the season. The coin toss. <laughs> Let me um, okay, let's see. What other questions do we have? Topics to discuss from Banjo-Kazooie. Should Community Shield be considered a proper trophy? No, it shouldn't. It depends. If Chelsea win it, you count it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, this that's actually a perfect for it. If your club wins it, <laughs> it counts. Yeah. If you lose it or if you're not in it, it's just it doesn't count. Yeah, no, yeah, simple. Yeah. Yeah. So Arsenal fans being happy that they won it, I understand. It's a piece of silverware. You get to raise it up, they drop confetti. But if you're Liverpool, it's it's just a preseason friendly. We were just getting our legs under us for the season. Like it doesn't mean anything if you lose it. Um should Klopp speak up more like Mourinho? If he did, would FSG, Fenway Sports Group, Liverpool owners, have signed Timo Werner and Thiago from uh, from Bayern? Well, my thing is no. I don't think it would have made like really a, a difference. Really, if if he, if, he, if he spoke up. And last question. So he put three questions in one tweet. Um, if Messi leaves, rank the top five leagues. So let's say Messi goes to Manchester City. What would the top five leagues be? 
making entertainment the qualifier that we, we oh, can just answer um, the question without getting into like the theory of it. Well, yeah, I, I, I suppose the Premier League. I suppose you know what I would argue. I would argue La Liga would be first, then the Premier League, Bundesliga, Syria, because I think that Barcelona without Messi opens things up in La Liga 100%. It opens things up. And I think that league without Cristiano and Messi in there, I just think it just makes it very open. Opens things way up. Obviously, Real Madrid will obviously now be heavy favourites, but... Who knows what Barcelona will look, look look like? So you know. I think I would. Go, I think I'd put the Premier League first, Serie A second, given the whole Inter Juve dynamic. I think I, I'd go La Liga. I'd put League A. Wow. And fifth Bundes. In terms of just entertainment purposes, man, you know what's you happening. Have, you really have more respect for the Bundesliga, man. It is wunderbar. We know what's happening in that league. We know what's happening in League A as well. But yeah, I just like French football. So that's my own bias. Obviously. French bias, man. All because you got like a flicking French degree. <laughs> oui. <laughs> let's let's see what other questions we have here. How are y'all feeling about the Thiago Silva signing, given his age from Ngozulu Matondo? I guess I'm warming up to it. The more I think about it, the more it kind of makes sense. So um, most people were already there. I'm always a bit more skeptical whenever Chelsea do anything. But... It's not a bad thing, especially once they signed Saar as well. So I'm like, well, they, they signed Saar. They're going to put him on loan. Silva's going to play for a season or two. By then, Saar should be developed to, to, to a bigger degree, depending on where he gets his loan. Hopefully, they team up with uh, – they put Zuma and Silva together. And if that's the case, I think that could be a decent partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's the best in the league or anything like that. It's not touching what Liverpool have, but it's a good signing. So, and I saw his wife and kids; they seem really happy to be Chelsea affiliated. <laughs> so, um, yeah, also as well, um, ages of defenders are different. Then, I don't. I think, I, I, I think Cannavaro was thirty-four in the. I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that. Like thirty-six is old. For a footballer, unless you're a goalkeeper, no, 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 especially if you're playing in a high line that Frank Lampard wants to play you in, being th- no, no, being thirty six matters. I'm being, sorry, no, 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 it doesn't. Yes, it's old. It's not the same as being an attacker or a winger because it's almost worse. Any no, no, Mister C, any top def- def- defender. What is your key asset? It's not really your speed or your physicality. It's your anticipation. It's your brain. If you know where the ball is going to be, you don't have to move that far. You just you just have to anticipate. So your reading of the game means that. Hence why you see guys in it's like I think Costa Corta was like 36, 37, or thirty eight, and he was still saying what's up. Are we, are we comparing like two thousands Serie A to twenty twenty Premier League? That's that's a totally different dynamic of football, man. Like that's like like John Terry was great at reading the game. Would you put thirty six year old John Terry in your backline and feel good about it? If 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 the alternative is we're gonna put Christensen there, then okay, yeah, put put the old guy there. He knows what's gonna happen before it happens. That gives him an advantage, but you still have to have the legs to get there. And I think Silva's a better athlete, so maybe that's not the right one one to one. I think he's like a faster, better, better, better defender than John but, Terry was. But, 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 but the point is, like, you don't give me Serie A defenders from the early two thousands and talk about oh, Ma- Maldini no, 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 was no, out no. here doing it until his like whatever. Like, it's a totally different. And I, and I know, but my thing though is that if you have 
especially if you have like which which is which is what's made makes the Varan Ramosting good. If you have the speedy defender next to you who can help with recovery, right. then that can always sort of this be your why, backup if if you Zuma. sort of mis misplace yourself this, if this it's is, Thiago Silva. This is why I want Zuma. Because in the event that a ball goes down his channel and he can't get there. Zuma has the pace compared to the other two to get there. And I trust him in a tackle more than I trust a Rudiger or a Christensen. So that's why I think that partnership could work. And to be fair, I think Zuma's played that before when he played with a more statesman John Terry 2015, 2016, around there, before he had the bad knee injury under Mourinho. So from Ibra Official, he threw in a few questions, said happy birthday to me. Thank you. When is the Anelka Doc podcast, and will you be doing one for the Spurs All or Nothing? We haven't talked about that, whether we want to do like uh, episode by episode All or Nothing podcast. I think that would be a pretty good idea if we just watch an episode and then come in and talk about it. I think that'd be pretty cool. We'll discuss it off air. The Anelka one, maybe maybe we could do that later. And he also says, Joe Hart signed for Spurs. Do you reckon he'll find the confidence again under Mourinho as goalkeepers hit their late prime? Um, or has he been an outlier? Um, I think he's going to be mostly on the bench. I saw today that they're trying to get a Hugo Lloris deal done. So he's just going to be number two. And he's like the whole homegrown quota. It's, it's, it's a good signing. Like It's something Chelsea should be looking at anyway. Willie Caballero as your number two. Kepa as your number one. Ugh. And he also says, how would you guys fix Milan to the juggernaut they used to be? That's not they, happening. They need... Um... <laughs> I mean, I'm still not sure about purely, but the first thing they need, they 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 need the money and you need you need the funds. You see, God. you relying on a 38 year old Ibrahimovic man is not a good look. Not uh, a good look. I, I, didn't he have 10 goals in 18 games last season? I mean, the the he's fact that you need him is he's 38 is questionable. But he's not the worst 38 year olds. And by the way, doesn't this go against your attacker thing? Ibra's 38, and he's Ging up in Syria. Do you think a 38-year-old Thiago Silva would be good as a defender in Syria? Maybe Syria, yeah. Yeah. 38. He's going to be 39 in October, no? Wow. <laughs> no, 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 but, but wait, Ibra isn't a, a regular human, you know. So. <laughs> he's, he, no, 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 he, he literally is an, an anomaly. So. All right, we got a couple more questions. Does Firmino get away from criticism too easily? Yes, he's talented. But if he was in any other team, link-up play would not be accepted. No, no, no. It's 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 how he makes the, the front three function. So it's, it's how he provides for Salah and Mane. Similar to what Benzema was doing um, when Cristiano was around. Benzema wasn't the highest volume goal scorer, but he was a great facilitator. He gives an example of Giroud, I think, would be an excellent backup for Liverpool. So, so, so the kind of way that Giroud doesn't score, but he brings in his teammates, that kind of thing. I guess that's where Firmino goes. But I think Firmino, I think he does get away with it a little bit. Like you should, I, I get Salah and Mane are the goal scorers, but still, you have to score more goals than what he did. I think was it the last home game where he scored against Chelsea? No, no, but but my thing, no, that's but, not good enough, but that's why they wanted to get Timo Werner. I think that is why they've been hunting for a striker because. You want to take away the burden from uh, Mane and and Salah. <laughs> my thing is that it works. You see, which is why I see as much as I was onto Benzema, I'm like, bro, you're the freaking striker. How are you not? 
scoring more goals and everything. How are you getting me? But, but it's worked because he was a great foil for Christian. Well, actually, I think Benzema, the Benzema criticism kind of makes more sense because if I remember correctly, at Hoffenheim, Firmino wasn't an out-and-out striker. He was more a number 10. He was a creative midfielder, might drop into like a striker's area every, well, not drop into, but advance into a striker's area every once in a while. But he wasn't the main number nine. Mm. Benzema at Lyon was a number nine, like a full striker. And so a very for, good number nine. A very exactly. good number nine. So, so, for, so for Firmino to be great in a false nine role makes sense. For Benzema to transform himself into a facilitating number nine is a bit odd. But as you say, it works on both occasions. Even Giroud, who I have enough criticisms of, he did enough. <laughs> he does enough. France yeah. have World Cup medals because of it, um, or in part because of it. Last question that I can see. Van de Beek signing. How many signings left are United from really competing for big trophies from at DWEX 900? I think the Van de Beek signing is interesting. When I first saw it, my first instinct was, so you're going to play Bruno, Pogba, and Van de Beek in the same midfield. How is that going to work? But then the more I thought about it, how would you put this? So one of the major problems that clubs like that aren't City and Liverpool have is they can't break down teams. So even mm. Arsenal fans were really excited that they won the Community Shield. And, you know, we beat Man City. Then we beat Chelsea. Then in the Super Cup, essentially, we beat uh, Liverpool. So we beat, like, you know, the top three, four clubs in England. Um, and that shows that, you know, we're progressing under Arteta. That's great. But a problem that you might find is what happens when you face Burnley? What happens when you face Crystal Palace? The clubs that are coming up, whether it be a Fulham or a Leeds or whatever, when they start, when they put 10 men behind the ball and then you have to beat a goalkeeper... What happens then? Do you have the quality and players in your midfield uh, and you're attacking three or four, depending on how you play? Do you have the, the talent or the requisite talent to break them down when you're being tough? So it's all well and good getting the points against big teams where they don't respect you enough to defend and they have their own way of playing. Basically, just what happens when everything flips and the burden to score is now placed in your hands? When you sign a player like Van de Beek, when you put Van de Beek, Bruno Pogba, that, uh, in addition to Martial, Rashford, and who's the third member? Help me out. Daniel James. <laughs> <laughs> Martial, Rashford. Who's their third guy? Greenwood. But if you're playing Burnley, do you need a Matic? Do you need a Fred? Do you need a McTominay? Not really. So this just gives Solskjaer more options in his midfield against teams that in pat in seasons past Manchester United would struggle to break down. So the more I think about it, the more I like it. And then when you play a bigger team and you need a little bit of midfield solidity, somebody to protect the back four. And then there's more space for you to, to, to attack. Right. You can you can install your Matic. You can install your McTominay. Have him sit, defend. Pogba will do his box-to-box thing. And Bruno can go ahead and, you know, orchestrate with the, with the front three. So I think the signing makes a lot of sense. It improves their bench. It improves the tactical options that the manager has. And it's for a decent price. When I watched the player with Monaco, not Monaco, with Ajax, would it be two seasons ago where they did their Champions League run? Um, I was slightly impressed. Um, obviously, De Jong stood out a bit more. Ziyech stood out a, a bit more. Um, David Neres was obviously really good. Tadic stood out. But yeah, he was in that mix. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Van de Beek was, 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 was one of the guys that I... 
impressed me a lot, man. Mm. Was it Chelsea this season where they played in that crazy game where they had two players sent off? Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought Van de Beek he he played very well. So yeah, it's a it's a good signing. Yeah, I think I think United got a little bit of a steal there, especially for the money. And then when you look at they want to sell Grealish for X amount and Declan Rice for this amount and all the English midfielders are apparently like the best in the world if you look at the money that they're going for. James Madison for X amount of money. It's just like, yo, if you can get Van de Beek for under 40 million euros or whatever it was, like more power to you. So it's a good signing. To challenge for the title, is good. I still feel that United are still some way away from Liverpool and Man City. Now, this is with or without Messi. I still think Liverpool and City are just sort of, there's still a sizable gap. Now, Chelsea, we don't know. Chelsea, we just don't know. Because Chelsea is, that's the the loose cannon where who knows what, because if these signings break it up, bleh. but if these signings all come in and gelling, who knows? So the thing for United is that they don't have like three, four signings. Where's that? Oh, we don't know. So if all you're saying is Van der Beek, and everyone else we've already seen from last season, and it's still only being the <laughs> the manager. I don't really know what Gollum can. I don't know whether Gollum alone bringing in Van der Beek can now sort of make up the gap between them and City and Liverpool. Oh no, they need more. They need of, a left back. Of course, they they, they 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 do, man. I know we had an argument, but maybe we just had an argument for podcast sake. But the Sancho thing would be nice, <laughs> obviously. But that would add that would that would add something to their front three the same way it would. Add something to their midfield. No, you see, I don't know why they didn't close out Sancho deal. I'm like, that that doesn't make sense. Like, that's the guy that you need. See, if they're gotten Sancho, United are looking really interesting. Right. Because, because now you now have a stronger rights out, outlet, which is what Arsenal secured with William. I don't know how good William's going to do at Arsenal. I, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I am very interested no, because it's funny because, like, I was when I was watching the Arsenal Liverpool game, the community, I was like, it was so focused on get the ball to Obama and wide left. Get the ball to Obama. Like every time Arsenal had the ball, Obama just go wide left and just give the ball to him. I'm like, okay. But if you now have. Wait a minute. And, is Willian going to be on the right again? Hmm? Is Willian going to be on the right again? I have no idea. No, no, but what oh, I'm saying is. Oh, man. This guy can't catch a break. You see, you see, you see I believe that. He could play him number 10. That'd be or he could probably because I think Ateta likes Aubameyang wide left. And he sees that as being effective. Just so they can spam outlet balls to him. You win the ball back. He's on the left. It's on your right foot. You just kick it. No, no. <laughs> but, 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 but look, how did Aubameyang score his goal in the community shield? Saka crossfield pass to him on the left. He caught him on his right. Scored. <laughs> yeah, but and, and how did he score against Chelsea? Wasn't he wide left when when Aspilicueta chased him down and gave him yeah, away? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. their tactic, man. And I, was it Tierney who put the pass over? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's their tactic. So Pepe on the right, Willian on the left. Pepe's Pepe's nah, this is not it. He's a he, he he's a he's a moments player, man. Moments player. That's okay. That's okay. You you need some of those sometimes. Um. All right. Um, one last topic that I just remembered. I watched the women's champions league final yesterday. Oh Lord. You know, you know, do you know how crazy that is? I actually wanted to, to bring this up. I actually <laughs> wanted to say I wanted to actually discuss this. Yeah, so I watched Wolfsburg play Lyon. Yeah, Lyon won their fifth straight Champions League. 
I think that's seven Champions Leagues in the last 10. You know how you look back, all those European Cups that uh, Real Madrid won, like five in a row, like, damn, like what the hell were they doing in the mm-hmm. uh, 1950s? And then you go look at De Stefano and all those kinds of players. That's what Leon are up to right now, just like total dominance of women's football. So I was just like, you know what? I can't entertain conversations with people who think it's trash, but then not do the education myself. So let me watch the two best teams in the world play. Guys, it's actually pretty good. Like, I enjoyed the game. Obviously, it's different from men's football. That's that's just to be expected. It's different bodies. But it was fun. There was some really good goals. There's some players in there that you're like, okay, like, <laughs> there's no way I could ever do anything. <laughs> uh, there's a, a a French player for Lyon. Her name's uh, Le Sommer. This lady's nice. This lady's nice. If you look at her goal stats, her goal stats are, like, insane. But... I watched the Champions League final, and it got me thinking. Before COVID, we, we had these conversations about women's football maybe two two years ago, I think, is when we were talking about this, like, every so often. And, uh, you know, Carl's big on <laughs> equality and, you know, women's football, and, you know, we would give him some, some stick about it or, or whatnot. But this was before COVID. So I really had no understanding of what football looked like with nobody in the stands. Except women's football and like under 15s, under 20s, those kinds of games. And because people don't show up to the stadium in mass numbers to watch women play football, you kind of get that bland, non-atmosphere football thing. And I, I just wasn't used to that. But since we've had COVID and there's nobody in the stadiums anyway, when you watch women play football, I'm not missing the atmosphere in the stadium like I was before. It just you're just watching a game on the on the pitch, so it's like the the stakes have been kind of evened in some ways in terms of the atmospheric tension that a crowd provides, right? Um, so you, I don't miss the atmosphere like I used to, and in doing that, I think I can watch women's football with a different eye or a different feeling than I did two years ago. When I haven't been used to, you know, 42,000, 50,000, 60,000 people in the stadium at once. Um, so I, I, I say that to say, if you tried watching women's football again, and obviously these are the best two teams in the world. So we're it's grading on a curve almost. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the saying would be, but like it's this is the best it can be, essentially. If you try it, or if you tried it rather, I don't know what, it, what it's going to look like heading forward. But yeah, I was impressed. With the with with the level of of, of quality, hundred percent. I think you know women's football even at the highest level. Like there are some good players, some very skilled players, and so forth. And but for me, it's just not for for me. You know, I have tried to watch it, and so forth. And yeah, I've been impressed with a few players. Have you tried to me, watch it recently? I mean, the last time I tried it was there was the World Cup. I should have made you watch this game. <laughs> Basically, I should have made you watch it because, I, again, and I'll just reiterate the point, but. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead if you, if you want. My thing about it is that I already know what it is. Like, I know that I'm going to see guys that are te- technically good that know how to play the, the, the game. But one thing that you take for granted in the men's game is the intensity and the speed. Those are things that we just take for granted. And it's only when you watch the women's game that you say, oh, yeah, I miss that sharpness and that intensity and that speed. That but it's men- there. No, no, have hope. It's there. It's just relative. Or biologically, men and women are no, 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 no. What, what, what I mean is, if you look at a defender like I don't know, what would be a good example? Who's the Japanese defender? Yoshida. 
if you look at uh, Yoshida from Southampton, when he tries to run, he's not fast. Okay, and then you put somebody like Raheem Sterling next to him. It that that dynamic of like yo, like Raheem Sterling is way faster than Yoshida. You get that in the women's game. Just you'd have a defender that have that would have the pace of Yoshida with somebody that would have the relative speed of a Sterling, and you would get that. Just that the times might be oh, it's a second slower or whatever it is. But you but you get the same dynamics just in different packages. So once you once you adjust to the timing, there's really no difference in terms of what you're watching. The only real difference is just I don't know if a man could jump that high. I don't know if a uh, a woman's goalkeeper could make a save there. I don't know if you could okay. hit the ball as fast or just things well, like let me that. Ask you this but, but once you get over it, it's a good product. Is the quality the same as the quality of the Champions League final for the men? Is it the same quality? The intensity was there in terms of the ladies. Obviously, no. This is a big match. Is the is the quality the same? No, no. And so here's my 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 point. My my point is that. I don't watch Division 2 or Division 1. Now, if I was bored and I was just there, I'll give it a watch. But my enjoyments, see, my enjoyments for football, hence why I don't even need it, fans or a crowd. My enjoyments of football is because this is sports that I played and I've loved ever since I can remember. And this is my appreciation for seeing the very best do it at the highest level. So I'm like, man, damn, this guy. Because we've all played football before and seeing guys do it at the highest level is an amazing thing that we applaud. So me watching the woman, I know that this isn't the highest level. This isn't. This are not people doing playing the sports at the very best of their ability. I'm but just, it is. It is though. It's just they're playing women's football, which is which which is is different. It's a different product. Yeah, which I just that's, don't that's, enjoy. That's, not a problem, that's the my, my only thing is people will sit down and you know it'll be a a noon kickoff and you'll watch Newcastle play Burnley in some trash game. <laughs> and oh, just because it's on, but you know, people will be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna watch women play football." It, and these are the two best women's teams of all time. So if if, if you're comparing, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, can I land though? Can I land though? Okay. So if you're comparing, are these teams as good as PSG and Bayern Munich? That's a ridiculous question to ask me. That's like because that's like it's it's. I'm not saying it's like this, but. If if I if I sit down and I watch Burnley against Southampton in the Premier League, are you going to tell me that that's as good a quality of PSG Bayern? My answer is going to be no, because PSG and Bayern are the two best teams in men's football right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got to where they got. So but, obviously, but, so so obviously, everything is relative. Burnley Southampton, I I I would not go out of my way to watch that that game. No. Would, would oh. you trash it because of the people's gender? <laughs> no, 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 but, but That's what it feels like, man. It's I'm like, not, yo, like I'm not, I'm not watching. I'm, like, I'm not trashed. I'm not trashed. women's football. I've just said that. I'm not saying you. I'm, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying people who have these criticisms. Wait, no, no, so, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's fair, no, but I, I have these criticisms. Like I don't want. To, you know what, Carla no, always no, talks no, about. No, how come you don't talk about? No, 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 no. See, at the end of the day, it's like this: women's football. It is just what it is. I'm not saying it's trash or bad, but I I will not find enjoyment watching it. But you can't know that unless you watch it. I've watched women's football. <laughs> I have seen club games. I have seen the best teams play. I've seen the teams play. And these guys are good, but it, it, is, it isn't as good as what we just watched in the Champions League. It's not even close. 
it's okay. like a different galaxy. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. If, if if I gave you the the option, you had to watch. You have to watch. If I give you the option of watching Leon versus Wolfsburg, Women's Champions League final, mm-hmm. or you have to watch Burnley against Newcastle in the Premier League, which game oh, are you I'd, watching? I'd watch the the women's game. That's all I'm saying, bro. That's all I'm asking. The key thing is the key thing is this. Both of those games, I want to go out of my way to watch. <laughs> That's my whole point. Now, if I was bored and I have nothing else to do, okay, fine. But I would not go out of my way to watch those games. I would go out of my way to watch that championship game, that classical, Bayern against Dortmund. Because I know that's because, again, my thing is that my enjoyment is I'm seeing the very best play this thing at the very highest levels. I, I am marveling at the very best. I agree with you. Women's right? football, they don't represent the very best of this sport. In football, well, they, they, they don't. So that's just the fact. No. And this, this fr- framing is important. I always say this. The framing of everything is important. They represent the best of women's football. And once you know I'm signed, like like for me, when I clicked play on my stream, I understood I am watching women play football. I'm not watching men play football. So this is the best that this sport can be because it's a different sport. It's women's football. It's not men's football. It's women's football. The same way when I watch women's tennis, I understand Serena probably, not even probably, couldn't beat Djokovic. Serena couldn't beat uh, Nadal. She can't. But I can still find enjoyment with Serena beating up all the <laughs> all the women on the tennis tour because I understand I'm watching something different. If you want to watch vo- women's volleyball or something like that, you understand. Like, okay, they can't jump as high and spike the ball like a man can. But you can still find the enjoyment once you understand no, what no, you're watching. Do, do you know the, what the difference is? I'll tell you what the difference is because you made a very key, key point that we can probably round off here. Since the days of Steffi Graf and Lindsay Davenport, I always used to watch the men's and women's final of US Open or Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. And for me, I actually sort of enjoyed both, both the women's and, 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 and the men's. But my thing is that I don't have as close an affiliation with tennis or love for it as much as I do with football because I've been with football for so close and I feel so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. If I don't get the proper product, I find it very hard. <laughs> to so so your, 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 your brain is spoiled, basically. You, it's, it's, it's hard for you, and I think we've had this conversation before, it's hard for you to detach 11 people on a pitch with a ball and two goals from looking a certain way, no matter who's playing it, whether it's under under sixteens, under twenty threes, no, men no, no, no. I mean, under twenty threes. No, it's about quality. It's a it's a, it's about quality of the product. It's about quality of the product. De- define it again for me, please. Quality of the product. Like, what do you mean by quality? When you see the very best teams mm-hmm. for men, there is a speed, intensity, sharpness, dynamism, flair, tactical discipline that they have that is far greater than the very best woman. It's almost like two different sports. The very best woman and the very best men, it is galaxies away. (laughs) I don't don't think it's galaxies. I think that's being a bit rude. I think it's it's more like planets. Yes. (laughs) I think it's it's more like planets. It's it's planets away. So, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. so, so, So look, man, that's my thing, man. It's like, look, women's football, Stuff is good. There are players who are good and everything. It's just not fun for me. And I'm not going to force myself to watch it. So For me, I didn't force myself to watch it. I'm just thinking, if I'm ever going to have a conversation about it, I need to be knowledgeable about it. And I can't just use 
information that I acquired three, four, five yeah. years ago. To- my thing is that the, the football is good. It shouldn't be trashed. There is definitely some good stuff, but it just doesn't compare to, to the men's game. Yeah, but there will never be a Messi or a Neymar or a thi- or a, a thing equivalent in the women's game. Well, it, it just can't be. Why you would know? you? Why would you expect that? <laughs> but that goes for the enjoyment of the men's game. Is that we see great teams, but also individuals do absolutely extraordinary things that women can't do. Yeah, but like not every so, player can be a Messi, even in the men's game. Does that stop you from watching? No, it? no. But I'm saying that. Okay, where are the Neymars, the Ibrahimoviches, the Maldinis, the Rivellinos, They're the Pieris? And I, like, like, look, I'm, obviously, I'm not the guy to talk. I'm not the expert on women. I watched one game, and I'm having a conversation about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's just my point. Like, you have to go. I don't know who the equivalent of Ibrahimovic is. I don't know who the equivalent of Neymar is. But they're there. It's just a different. It's it's like um, there there would be an equivalent of I, I in in your school team. When you played every position, you guys would have an equivalent of a Messi. Like this guy would be our version of a Messi. You give him the ball in space, he'll do something with it. Is he is he the quality of Messi? No. Is he as good as Messi? No. But he's short, he can dribble. We give the ball to him, he's the best player on the team. That's all I'm saying is that relative to your level, there are people who are better than others. And that shows on the pitch when you play for 90 minutes. So, like on your school team, you would have known this guy's our Ibrahimovic. He's, a, he's our big striker. We give it to him. We send in crosses. He's good with the ball at his feet as well. That happens in women's football. I don't know the names of the players <laughs> to have that like really in-depth discussion, and that's, that's a fault on my part. But it's all relative to the sport that you're playing and the level that you're playing it at. So, so to say there's no Messi's, yeah, but there's no Messi's in, in, in college teams, but people still go and they watch college. There's no Michael Jordan at the University of Kentucky, people still go watch the University of Kentucky play basketball because there's a relative version there. So I think just to shut down a whole sport just because it doesn't look like the one that you're used to, eh, I mean, I get it. And obviously I'm not watching women's football every week, so I don't besmirch anybody that doesn't watch it regular or that doesn't watch it at all. But yeah, I, I think comparing it to men's football does it a disservice. The same way that Serena isn't as good as Andy Murray. We know that, stupid. Like, why are you telling me that? Like, we know. (laughs) Like, yo, Novak Djokovic can't – Serena Williams can't beat Novak Djokovic. You're saying that like it's some rocket scientist thing that we couldn't figure out. Like, guy, we know. (laughs) We know. You're trying to – yo, man, uh, Lisa Leslie isn't as good as LeBron. We know. Like, you're not telling me anything I don't know, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy the situational sporting aspect that a woman's game provides just because they're not as good as men. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, if a game in basketball, in women's basketball, is 57-56 with four seconds left on the clock and a, and a, and a lady's dribbling it out and she shoots for the buzzer, that's enjoying to me. If women are playing a Champions League final, obviously this game wasn't that great. But if it was in terms of the scoreline, Leon went 3-1. But, yeah, if the score was, I don't know, 1-1 penalty in the 90th minute, if someone steps up to take the penalty, for me, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, okay, is she going to make this? Is she going to put it over the bar? Is is the goalkeeper going to save it? Like, what's going to happen? So I can still find the enjoyment, even if it doesn't look in the package, meaning men's bodies, 
of what I'm used to. So you just have to sit and watch it and let the occasion give you the reason to watch. And that's why things like the World Cup or Euros or Champions League finals are enjoying times to watch the game. And that's the only argument I'd make. I mean, what can I say? (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't think there's any argument against what I just said. You can't argue that unless you just want to be nasty. You know, and just be like, man, I watch these bitches play like, hey, easy. Like that's 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 the energy I not not from you, but that's the energy I get from a lot of people. It's just like women's football. They just can't offer me nothing. Like that's the that's that's how I feel when a lot of people are talking to me, like in my comments, like, why are you watching that shit? It's like, bro, it's just it's a game. It's a sport. Like, I've I've, I've watched eight year olds play football for no reason except that you know I'm babysitting or something, and sometimes you see some crazy. Like, oh, my God. Like, what did that little kid just do? <laughs> so for grown women who are professionals in their own right, you know, I can find the enjoyment wherever I feel like finding the enjoyment. It's just you have to be willing. <laughs> that was longer than 10 minutes. I apologize. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Talking Tactics Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> you can follow-, no, no, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, yeah, okay, Facebook, okay. All, that, all, that, all that lovely, 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 lovely stuff. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're on SoundCloud, hit the hearts. If you're on iTunes, subscribe. It's free. Give us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. Next week, I'll I'll go through all the international reviews, and I'll see what I can find. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, hit us up on Patreon. Yes, sir. And check Just just go patreon.com, I guess, forward slash talking tactics. And Isn't, isn't there a link in the description box? So. It's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Double H, where can people get you online? Half up, just, just, just Google half up. You'll find my Twitter, Instagram, and all my lovely, 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 lovely stuff. You don't feel like that's slightly arrogant? Like, just Google me, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Type in half hope. I'm the only one. Nice, nice guys finished last. Nice guys finished last. Yeah, um, I'm at the end of the look. And we will see you guys next week. Talking Tackers podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always footballer. Indeed. See you guys next week. Peace. Stay black. Sports Social Podcast Network.